thank goodness. Ah, in the car, baby Sal is fast asleep, just some simple errands to run. I love moments like this, don't you? When just finally, all seems right with the world. Ooh, I bet if I did the volume pretty quiet, I could listen to some of the Supremes. Be a nice Mary Wilson tribute. Let's see. Can't find the oldie station. Ah! Almost hit that person. Okay. Mary Wilson tribute's gonna have to wait. But you know what, I think that's okay because actually I'm almost to the bakery. My phone said it would be right around here somewhere on the left. I don't see it. Oh, thank goodness, red light, I can check. See where I'm supposed to be. I thought it was right around, oh no! My phone battery is dead. The name of the bakery is in the phone. Shoot, I'm supposed to be there by noon. Oh, this is what I need Andrew here. He is so much better than me at directions. What am I gonna do? At least, at least, at least the baby is still asleep. And that, people, is the story of the transfiguration right there. So in the Bible, actually, the word for transfiguration is metamorphosis. When you hear metamorphosis, you immediately think, what? A nice fuzzy caterpillar, and then it turns into a chrysalis, and out of the chrysalis emerges a beautiful butterfly, just like the butterfly that just went splat on your windshield. That's how metamorphoses go, or at least that's how it went for Mo. She thought she was having this calm, serene day, and then it degenerated into your normal day of chaos and disappointment. That is the biblical transfiguration that we have as today's gospel lesson. Not so much Jesus part of the experience, and I think we often try and understand the Jesus part of the experience, but if you think about the disciple part of the experience, it is filled with disappointments after really high expectations. So just think about that situation and put yourself in it a little bit. Let's say you're Peter, James, and John. And Jesus has just invited you to go to the mountaintop with him, to the very mountaintop. Imagine how proud you would have felt to be included. And we know from Mark's gospel that there was plenty of time spent by the disciples arguing about who was the greatest. So sadly, I'm pretty sure they probably rubbed it into the other nine a little bit as they went. I also always think about the disciple Andrew. He's the one who invited Peter in the first place, and now he doesn't get invited to the mountaintop? What gives with that? There's no gratitude in life. Anyhow, Peter, James, and John, they're going to the top. And, and then, having had that whole journey with Jesus to themselves, imagine the conversation, they get to the top, and it gets even better. All of a sudden, there's white light. All of a sudden, the two people that most define uh, Judaism of their time, Moses and Elijah, appear there, and, and they're, they're talking with Jesus. It, it's, it, it couldn't get better, and, and Peter says, we should just like stay here and like build a bunch of tents and live here the rest of our lives. It is the best. Splat! Because that's when the voice shows, shows up, and the voice just says, listen to him. And then the light is gone. Elijah and Moses, gone. Just Jesus sitting there saying to them, time to go back down. Time to go back down to heal the world. Time to go back down so that one more time I can tell you why I'm going to have to suffer and die. Best 
day ever. And then just like that, buzzkill reality check. And I'm pretty sure as those three guys are walking down the mountain, what they're probably grumbling to each other is, you know, I think the other nine should have gone instead of us. So now, if, you, if you're just listening to the sermon and not the whole service, or if you're listening um, uh, to our call in church, you know, won't know what our, what our call to worship was today. And the call to worship was, was a real quick uh, summary of four readings that we don't have this year from the Gospel of Mark. In other words, our lectionary is set up for whatever length of season Epiphany might be. Some years it's really long because Easter is late, as late as April 25th. Some years Epiphany is really short because Easter is early, as early as March 22nd. This year it's like right in the middle, April 4th. And so as a result, there are four weeks of readings that we don't get to use this year from Mark's Gospel. And you know what? All of those readings are really significant to the theme of transfiguration metamorphosis, change. The, the thing is, though, uh, we get them in the other years of the lectionary cycle, uh, but the very first of those stories is, is kind of unique to Mark, at least the way Mark tells it. Let, let me tell you what that particular story is. It's a story about a leper who, who calls out to Jesus and, and asks him to heal him if Jesus chooses to. Jesus says, I choose to, and heals him. And, and then Jesus says, don't tell anybody about this, but go show yourselves to the priests and make the proper offering. And the, and the last part of the story is Mark makes a point of saying the man freely left and told everybody, which is what Jesus had said not to do, he tells everybody about what had happened, so much so that now Jesus can't even go into towns because the crowds around him are so big. That sounds like a lot of the healing stories we hear in Scripture. I think we don't sense how transformational it is and why Mark places it in the first chapter of his gospel because he wants us to know the extent to which Jesus is here to transfigure our world. So maybe it would make a little more sense if you could hear it with some voice inflection. So Muriel's going to jump back in. She's going to be Jesus. I'm going to be the leper. And this is how I think the story actually goes down based on how Mark tells it in the original Greek, just, we'll just work with it. So here we go. Hey, Jesus, you're, you're like out there healing all these people all over the place. I'm gonna give you a really tough one. I'm a leper. Can you heal me? Can you choose to heal me? I can and I do choose. Be healed. Wow, I've been healed. It's, a, it's amazing. But now I know what's going to happen. Now you're going to tell me to go to the chief priest and confess some sin that I never even committed, which everybody says I did commit. That's why I had leprosy. It's like a punishment. And then I'm going to have to go all the way to Jerusalem and like spend all the rest of the money I have on some sacrifice. Come on, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I definitely need you to go and do all of those things because that's definitely why I'm healing people, just to keep it all about the system and not at all about God. Hey, you know what? While you are not doing all of those things, can you also not not tell anybody about me and what I've done? Wow, Jesus. I think this Jesus dude is pretty cool here. I think he really healed me because he cared about me. And he's not going to make me do all of that stuff because he doesn't want, 
want people to be crushed by a system that was supposed to serve them in, in the first place. This is amazing. I've been changed. I've been transfigured. I've been metamorphosized. It's great. Thanks, Paul, for being a part of that, getting a chance to play uh, Jesus. Who wouldn't want that opportunity? You know, but see, that, that's what transfiguration is, I think, when you, when you think of it the way the story reads in, in Mark chapter 1. And, and what it is is we, we all seek change, I think, in life, but we don't often actually do it because we get afraid or we don't make time for it or we, we keep doing the same stuff over and over again, even if it doesn't work so well. Uh, in other words, uh, nothing changes for any of us if, if we just keep choosing ourselves. And the powerful part of the, of the transfiguration story for the leper, and eventually for those disciples and certainly for Jesus, is that the voice from heaven reminds us to listen to a Jesus. And all Jesus wants to do is point us to our neighbor and point us to God and to recognize that that doesn't diminish us, that's actually where all of the change comes from. That's where the enthusiasm for it comes from. That's where the courage for it comes from. That's where the support for it comes from. To be transformed is at some level to give yourself away, and that's what makes us truly free. Like that leper, finally he was free to proclaim good news. This week, uh, after Transfiguration, we get next to Ash Wednesday. I hope you will come to either of our campuses from 7 to 8 in the morning, noon to 1, 5 to 6 in the afternoon. Receive the ashes on your forehead. That's the only reason you'll actually come. Uh, there's a service at 6 and there's the online service, but if you come at one of those three times, all you're doing is getting the ashes. You make that entire trip to re be reminded that none of us lives forever. And at some level, that makes us smaller. But because we're marked with the cross of Christ, we are also reminded that we are connected to the world and to our God. And that makes our lives so important and significant and holy. Come and be marked with a sign that reminds you both of humility and holiness before God. It is that mark which transforms us, makes us alive, allows us to change, and as a result, be a people free to share good news. Done.